the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hold on, it's Monday already. What? what the heck? Where'd the weekend Wait a go? Minute. Wait, did I didn't even see Sunday Night Football. No, I was just relaxing here. Just all of a sudden, boom, it's Monday I again. I didn't, huh? I didn't even get dressed today. No, time is cruel. I'm wearing my jams. <laughs> really? No. In your pajamas today? No, I'm not. I'm kidding. No, okay. yeah, of course, right, right. I'm ready for work. Of course you are. I was, it up, is a I was up early this morning reading, just trying to pound it all in, get like, you know, the stories in my mm. head, figure out where the world is. Okay. When you say you were up early, was that six? No. Get out of here. I'm asking. I'm, because, I am not. Because no. COVID world has changed, no. right? No. It kids has are, changed. It kids has are not changed. in school anymore. No. They're, you know, they're elsewhere. No. no. Okay. So for me, getting up early is I'm up like 745, 8 o'clock. <laughs> I mean it. That's good. No, no, no excuses. No look, apologies. Look, when you do a show that's in the late afternoon, early evening, mm. you're like, I'm up for a long time. It's not like I'm going to bed at 10. Right, right. Okay? But listen, I remember not too long ago, uh, my oldest would get on the bus at 545. I know. I remember that. My daughter did too. 545. Which I know. You were up listen, at- I spent a lot of years getting up at 530. Uh, okay. My, it's uh, not like I never did it. My wife downstairs making lunches. Oh, you know, I know. All, all that. I hate, you know how, <laughs> here we go. We're going to talk about something we were planning on talking about, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. You know how there are some moms who just are excelling at the lunch packing. Mm-hmm. They're excelling. Yeah. Not only are they excelling, they are putting extra bits in. Every day. So it's not just that the sandwich is excellent and yep. made of high quality, <clears throat> nutritious food, mm-hmm. but there are little, you know, snacks that are included, special things, and maybe, maybe a little poem, a poem. Maybe, maybe a tiny drawing, mm-hmm. maybe a little keychain. Like it's just so much time invested right. in the lunch, right? Yeah. Which I think is wonderful. I don't want this to turn into a mom shaming thing that happens, you know, every darn day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but. I would like to turn it into some self-shaming because I was one of those people that was like, just put the bare minimum in there and, you know, close it up. <laughs> you got a sandwich. Now, listen, um, I used to write my kids notes on their lunches inside. Yeah, I did. They that told me bit. to stop. And they were embarrassed. No. Because they would open up their lunch and there'd be a little note from me going something like, you know, thinking about you, hope you're having a, something, you know, and they come home and go, dad. Everyone's making fun of me. <laughs> so please stop because they all think, you know, like I'm like a little sissy boy or something because your dad's writing to you at lunchtime. Nice. So I had to stop. That, right. That's sad. Okay. Listen to this. When my husband was a freshman in college, okay, he was trying to figure out like how often should he call home? Yeah. Right. So he decided he'd call home every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the second time he did this, <clears throat> you know what his mom said? Mm. Stop calling. Stop calling. <laughs> 
Well, that's rough. It's not rough. That's I mean, that's really that's rough. several steps worse than what was happening with your sons in the lunchroom. Stop calling. Stop calling. She's, you know, and that's a, that's a really good point. That's a good conversation because you do struggle with how closely you stay connected to your, like, okay, my kids are here. My, you know, my one kid's here yeah, and I love having him here so much. And I think, you know, he's 20 mm-hmm. soon. He's going to go and I'm, and I'm going to think, what's he doing out there? Didn't you think, did you ever wonder like, you know, you were doing something, here's me particularly doing something heinous yeah. and thinking, wonder what my mom's thinking about me right. doing right now. I, I, oh. I clearly remember being in uh, somewhere South of Phoenix, Arizona mm-hmm. on the back of a motorcycle. <laughs> Okay. Think when about I was, your mom and dad. When I, yeah, when I was probably, I don't know, 20 years old or 21 or something, thinking <laughs> it is a good thing that my parents aren't looking at this right, right. now. Right. Because I think my mother used to say, I don't want to know. That's I right. do not want to know. I don't want right? to know. What the heck? Oh, my gosh. Anyway. anyway. Anyway, thanks for coming along on yeah. the Monday edition. we got a full show for you. We do not. We sure do. And in the on deck circle, one of our most favorite people. Our very favorite reporter in all of America, Greg mm-hmm. Cluxton. He's the SRN News White House correspondent. He joins us every single Monday, whether he wants to or not, to tell us what's going on inside the Beltway. And his segment is coming up next. It is uh, What's Up in the Nation's Capital with Greg Cluxton from SRN News next on the Monday edition. It's the ride home. WORD. Sometimes good intentions just aren't enough. As Whit discovers on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Having decided to build a new soda shop in the worst part of Connellsville, Whit finds himself dropped in the middle of a neighborhood battle and the lives of two young runaways who call the building he's planning to tear down home. Don't miss part one of Chains on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm Kathy Emmons. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. Or go to MarleyFG.com. I know that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet. But I'll confess, my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand-behind, ride-along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So, when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We 
or United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Miller Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. Let's go now, as we always do, Monday to the White House, where Greg Clugston, who is the SRN News White House correspondent, standing by to give us an update of what's going on in and around the nation's capital. Greg, welcome to the show. Happy Monday to you. And happy Monday to you, John and Kathy. Always great to talk with you. Thank you. Always our pleasure. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I thought that the only thing we would have to talk about was all of the goings-on related to the presidential election, and then uh, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and now we have a brand-new Supreme Court nominee, and oh my gosh, we are off on a whole new trajectory in uh, discussions in Washington, aren't we? We really are, Kathy, and of course, Republicans are wanting to put this on a fast track in terms of confirmation, because obviously they would love to have Amy Coney Barrett whom the president nominated uh, in an announcement at the White House on Saturday late afternoon, want her on the bench before the November election. There are a number of reasons why they, they want that, obviously. Um, one of them that the president has been talking about is he believes that there, uh, there's going to be, there are going to be legal battles stemming from the presidential election on November 3rd. He believes that these issues are probably going to rise to the level of the U.S. Supreme Court, and uh, therefore he wants to have his third nominee on the court, all ready to go. And obviously, you would want nine um, instead of eight uh, to avoid a possible tie, which would just uh, add to the woes if there are, in fact, legal battles that reach the Supreme Court. I see. So it, it is indeed fast track. And Greg, I don't know. I mean, there's no way you can sort of handicap this, although maybe in Las Vegas you could put odds on this. But it does feel as though this is going to move forward, and it's a distinct possibility that Amy Coney Barrett may take the judgeship before the election day, don't you think? Yes. Uh, Senate Republicans are looking to have a final confirmation vote on the floor of the Senate late October, uh, just a few days before the election, if the process can move along as they have have laid out. And it's really just a matter of numbers with Republicans in the majority on both the Senate Judiciary Committee and, of course, in the entire U.S. Senate. Um, and with only a couple of Republicans that have expressed any hesitation about um, installing a new Supreme Court justice during an election year, the GOP has the votes there, John. So they have the numbers to move this forward, even if the Democrats uh, entirely block uh, Amy Amy Coney Barrett. By the way, she is um, serving on the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. That's the circuit court based in Chicago. And she was nominated to that post by President Trump back in 2017. So she has already gone through Senate confirmation. And so in some ways, this will be a review. 
Right. Um, we all remember this. Well, I don't know if we all do, but certainly the three of us remember the uh, U.S. Circuit Court um, confirmation process that got ugly, in particular between Diane Feinstein and M- Amy Coney Barrett. I don't want to say ugly that there was shouting or there was, you know, swearing or people were throwing things, but there was certainly a difference in in ideological viewpoint. Uh, Diane Feinstein's talking about her Catholic faith and saying that the dogma lives loudly within you, which I guess you know we're all assuming is some way of saying that your Catholic faith is going to trump how you look at the Constitution. So the question is, is that going to be raised again at this point when she's being nominated for a Supreme Court seat? It's already being raised before the hearings. And so I guess the the question, Kathy, is, is it going to come up at another hearing when she is facing members of the the U.S. Senate? Because uh, this is already percolating. And the president last night at a press conference at the White House uh, took up this issue and said, look, uh, this this really amounts to religious bigotry. This is anti-Catholicism mm-hmm. um, bias against uh, Judge Barrett and her religious beliefs. And so the president said, you know, we're going to stand, uh, you know, he said that he was going to stand and fight uh, for, for Judge Barrett and for uh, her conservative views. And partly because she is uh, she adheres to conservative Catholicism, whereas there are any number of um, Catholics uh, who are elected public officials uh, who may not be as conservative as Barrett is. And maybe, and not maybe, but likely that is where the rub is in terms of any tension between um, m- many members of the, of the Democratic Party, especially those who sit on the Judiciary Committee or are in the Senate and share a Catholic faith, but don't necessarily share the same perspective. Right, so it's okay to be a Catholic, just not an observant Catholic. <laughs> yep, that uh, that is apparently the case here, and the president is uh, calling that out. And he, of course, hopes that you know that's going to resonate with a lot of Catholic voters to say, "Hey, wait a minute, uh, this yeah. this doesn't sound right," um, even if they they don't know much about Barrett as a judge. Right. So if this was Ted Kennedy, we'd go sailing right through without a, without a hitch in our step at all. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there has also been some um, criticism I've seen. Um, in some of the newspapers and uh, in online uh, articles in just the last couple of days, uh, you know, sort of poking fun at her for, you know, for her family life. And she's got seven children, two of whom are adopted. Uh, she was talking at, in her remarks at the White House on Saturday about, uh, you know, helping out with, um, you know, getting kids to school and uh, planning birthday parties and that, and that kind of thing. And that really humanizes somebody. But there, there's criticism talking about how she's. Uh, it looked as if she was running for the PTA or something similar to oh, that. So sake. she's she's yes, facing so, so, criticism on yes, all. So, all so graduating first in your class from Notre Dame's law school isn't enough. Right. Yeah. Let alone let let alone the the legal um, experience that she has and exactly the credentials that she has. Um, there have been any number of people, despite the criticism, looking at her record, calling her brilliant. Uh, there have been people. There have been professors at. Uh, one in particular, I think the president cited this professor at Notre Dame when she was a student there, saying that hands down she was the best student that he ever had. Fabulous. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Uh, Greg, let's move on to flashpoint number two. Over the weekend, the New York Times, uh, right before the uh, first presidential debate, came out with a bombshell report, which they produced in their investigative arm 
which is apparently showing the president uh, not paying any taxes 10 out of the last 15 years and at one point reporting to pay some $715 only in taxes. And this report uh, presumes to uncover that the president is more than $400 million in debt. Can you talk about that? Well, in two words, the president responded to this reporting last night by calling it fake news. He said it was all made up. It was not true that he has paid his share of taxes, although he didn't go into any details. And in terms of those numbers that uh, you accurately um, you know, highlight from the, from the New York Times story, John, um, they really refer to federal income taxes. The president last night was talking about how he paid um, you know, lots of money in, in New York state uh, taxes as well. And uh, there was also another comment from uh, the Trump organization that said that Donald Trump paid personal taxes, referring to maybe Social Security and those kinds of things that we normally get taken out of our paycheck. So uh, it's it's a complicated issue. This is a very lengthy uh, report and investigation by um, a team of reporters at The New York Times. The the, the timing of the release, of course, is always interesting when you have this, as you point out, John, just two days before the, uh, the first presidential debate. Um, and so the president said, look, um, he, he wants to release his uh, tax returns. He says they remain under audit. He said all of it will come out at some point. He didn't say exactly when. And uh, he just feels like it's a, an, another cheap shot going after tax returns. Mm-hmm. While there, there are questions about exactly uh, perhaps, you know, how much money he actually does owe and who he owes that money to. All right, talking about how much the president's dying to release his tax returns. <laughs> We've got Greg Clugston <laughs> with us <laughs> inside the Beltway, SRN News White House correspondent. Okay, so tomorrow night I'm already um, experiencing an anticipatory stomachache because of the presidential debate. Um, mm. What do we know about it, Greg? What's it going to be like? Well, let me correct the record. First of all, Kathy, um, today I am not inside the Beltway. I am in downtown Cleveland right now. I'm what? at the, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm here, got my press credentials earlier today. And so we're getting all set up. And oh, so, terrific. Yeah. And so we're just, uh, we're here at, uh, this is the debate sponsored and hosted, co-hosted by Case Western Reserve University. And we're on the campus of uh, the Cleveland Clinic facility. Um, and so, Obviously, this is the first presidential debate between these uh, these two men, Trump and Biden. There are going to be three total plus a vice presidential debate. Uh, it's interesting because there's so much um, emphasis on voting by mail and early voting and absentee voting this year um, that there are questions raised about how much these debates are going to influence voting if people are voting early. Some have already voted, for example, and that's why perhaps this first debate could be um, the most important or more important than one of the other two simply because of the timetable and the schedule moving forward. So there's a lot of attention uh, going to be on this first debate here tomorrow night. Right. So, Greg, now you will be anchoring for Salem Radio, the debate tomorrow night on the radio. Uh, talk about that, about your preparation, and um, how far will you be from the uh, the action, so to speak? Yeah, I'm here in the Media Filing Center right now, which is really just sort of a across the street from from the pavilion or the auditorium where the debate will actually be seated there uh, in this in this large ballroom there are about a hundred seats for uh, pre-approved credentialed media um, all of whom have to be covid tested i had mine this morning and received a negative result this afternoon so there's a, there are a lot of logistics uh, for health and security reasons obviously surrounding these kinds of events 
And so while uh, we are not going to be providing anchored coverage simply because um, we, we've got the uh, the full debate coverage is already anchored, um, and so we're just going to be taking that feed like a lot of the other uh, a lot of the other news networks. But I'll certainly be filing uh, for our hourly newscasts and uh, for uh, great stations like you there in Pittsburgh and uh, giving the, the very latest as to what's happening here. Greg, tell us. Um, so, what time do things get underway tomorrow evening? Yeah, the debate will begin at nine o'clock Eastern time. All of the debates in this presidential election cycle are going to be 90 minutes in length, and they will all, they will each have one moderator. Um, and so you've got Chris Wallace from Fox News Channel. Uh, he's going to be um, handling the duties for moderating tomorrow night. And then, um, so it'll be a 90-minute debate. There are about six different blocks of topics um, that are marked off, and they have the usual, um, you know, response time for a candidate, and then a a reaction or a rebuttal period for the other candidate. And we'll see how closely they uh, they line up to that. Because if you remember, and I know you do, going back four years to 2016, we saw Donald Trump as, as a disruptor on the debate stage, especially in those early primary debates when there were more than a dozen GOP candidates on the stage. And uh, he took charge and often... Uh, you know, often uh, went off script uh, in terms of how we have seen debates go. We're we're going to go. We're going to be interested to see if he's going to be uh, on the offense again this time. Uh, right. All indications are that he probably will. Well, I just think it's going to be fascinating television because it's. Oh, rare I'm going to be sick na- about it. Well, of course you're going to be a little. You oh. know, you'll be a little tight about it. Oh. But it's rare that the nation sits down to a live event that's not a sports event. And so, you know, here's Joe Biden and President Trump toe to toe with each other. And you know, I think you know for the most part, people's minds are pretty much made up one way or other. I don't know if that's the vote. case. I think that I think that is true, at least from my perspective. I see that talking to family and friends. So I don't know if this is going to change any minds. I think what I'm looking for is, you know, what's going to be the flashpoint? Will the president, you know, become angry? Will Joe Biden get lost and, you know, sort of dawdle down some porthole that, you know, doesn't make any sense? Those weird moments, I think, is what we're looking for. Yeah, it's uh, there's a kind of a spectator sport aspect to it, especially for those who do have their minds made up. And certainly there's any number, there's always a percentage of people that don't still a few weeks before the presidential election. What's also interesting, too, is just the uh, the idea of how much preparation um, each of these candidates is is making for the debate tomorrow night. There have been any number of days, including today, where there's there are no public events for for Joe Biden. And he's devoting a lot of these uh, past few days to. Uh, preparing and doing rehearsals for the debate. The president last night told reporters in the White House briefing room that he has done some debate prep. He's had the help of Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie. They're both, of course, former presidential candidates themselves. But the president said he hasn't done a lot of debate rehearsal because he says he takes so many questions from the White House press corps, he sees that as ongoing debate practice that he's been doing for the last almost four years now. Wow. Wow. Okay, now you mentioned, Greg, six different topics. Um, do we know what those topics are that they'll be addressing tomorrow evening? You know, we do, and I don't have them right in front of me, all unfortunately. Right. It's all right. Um, I mean, I can probably guess what most of them are, but I didn't know if that was a secret or that was released to the general public. Okay. Yeah, it, was, right. it was released, and I, I, I should have that in front of me, but, uh, but I don't. 
Yeah, that's all right. Okay, so Greg, when we, you know, I mentioned my anticipatory gastric distress that's already begun simply because I can't stand these things. I can't. I don't have the emotional makeup to watch people on the verge of humiliating themselves in front of me. You should I just play can't. debate bingo. Yeah. Debate thing is the only thing that could like lighten the mood for me. Greg, so. do you have any of these feelings or you're just, you know, you're such a straight ahead reporter that you're good with it? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious and interested, of course, like a lot of people as to how it's going to play out. I, I don't have maybe the, the, the emotions or the, uh, the butterflies that you're describing there, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but to, but to John's point, but to John's point about this being a live event that is very similar to a sporting event where we don't know how it's going to play out. We don't know what the outcome is. This is different from so many other political events, like a State of the Union address, which we can pretty much expect how it's going to go, or even uh, before this COVID year, how the past presidential, um, um, uh, how the conferences have gone for the conventions. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are very scripted conventions. And so there aren't a lot of surprises in those kinds of events. And when it comes to politics, these debates really are sort of a dying breed. Yes. Well, Greg, God bless you. We'll be thinking uh-huh. about you tomorrow night and uh, following along closely, knowing that you're there doing the best for Salem Radio. It's always uh, good to know that you're the front, on the front lines of all this. Thank you, guys. Always great to talk. Always good. Greg Clugston, SRN News, the White House correspondent. Debates underway 9 o'clock tomorrow. You can hear on the radio the debates, Salem Radio. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company, and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Tonight, Fox is all the new drama you've been looking for. From wild action. LAPD. To shocking twists. Run in hell. First, Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba partner up for L.A.'s Finest. You know you could get yourself killed. Says the lady's standing over a dead body. Then, Kim Cattrall stars in the new series Critics Call. Soapy good fun. Filthy Rich. Did you really think you'd have the upper hand in my tent? L.A.'s Finest and Filthy Rich. Box tonight. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. 
It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight we'll see cloudy skies with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tonight we'll reach a low of 53. Tomorrow and tomorrow night we'll have considerable cloudiness with occasional rain. The high tomorrow 60, the low tomorrow night 48. Wednesday we'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday you can expect a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Over the weekend, I did a little uh, Amazon shopping out you there. Did. You know, oh yeah, just bought you know a couple of. You know, you kind of, <laughs> oh no, he, he's, he didn't like the cashmere sweater that he bought on eBay, Mike. No, it wasn't a sweater. Why? It was because a scarf. Was, you're right. It was a scarf. Sorry. You're right. You're right. Because it wasn't cashmere. Okay, so I'm out. I did a couple of things, and I bought some. You know, like just like not nothing too expensive. I did, however, buy a neck gaiter. Oh yeah. You know, it, and cold mm-hmm. weather's coming this week. And you now my neck, I'm always worried about my neck. It gets cold. I don't want, I don't want to have a cold neck. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, I should get a neck gator. Yeah, so sure. I looked around at this. I looked at probably 5,000 neck gators before I finally settled on something. I bought that. And I bought a couple of um, um, sensory, uh, motion sensor light bulbs for outside. Oh. You know, you put them on the, you know, on the back porch there. Okay, now – so I didn't, I never knew whether you needed a motion sensitive no. bulb or you needed a motion sensitive <clears throat> light fixture. Well, you can have both. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, in the front, we've got a motion sensor light fixture. Okay. In the back, it's just a standalone fixture. So now they sell these motion sensor bulbs. Okay. So you put that in there, you're good to go. Wow. Anyway, Great. I was thinking about that because I was thinking, hey, wait a second. What about uh, Amazon Prime Day? Right. Maybe I could save a buck or two yeah, hap- on my hap- neck gator. Yep. <laughs> You could buy the same one Mike Tomlin was using at the game yesterday. You know, his mask gator thing. That's too much. He must have been so hot. Yeah, All I, I think, think so. All I can think of is like, you know, that's good if it's, you know, 10 degrees. But I think so. Yesterday it was 75. You think he was going to get COVID out there in that field? I don't think I'll tell so. You one thing it said. It said right written all over it. I'm not paying a $100,000 <laughs> fine. That's what it said over <laughs> right. and over and over again. Okay. So I was thinking about Prime Day. And yeah. usually Prime Day is like, you know, summertime. Yeah. Uh, Prime Day has been kicked back this year. <laughs> no surprise because everything has. Right. To October 13th and 14th. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know that last year, Amazon made $7 billion on Prime Day. $7 billion. Mm-hmm. It sold 175 million items during the event last year, surpassing sales for the previous Black Friday and Cyber Monday uh, combined. Oh, my goodness. That's how big that is. 
It's so big that other retailers have had to react to this. Walmart, Target, now, you know, they're just going, we, we can't throw in the tile, so we kind of have to match what Amazon Prime is doing. Um, to be honest, I don't think I've ever bought anything on Prime Day. Have you? Yeah, I bought two things. Oh, a, a neck gator? No, no. Once I bought a, a, a um, suitcase on rollers that fits underneath your air, you know, the airline seat. Oh, yeah. And uh, the other one I bought was like a, um, you know what a mandolin is? Not the instrument that you play, but the thing that slices, that allows you to slice vegetables and fruit oh, yeah, very sure, thinly. Sure. Yeah. I bought one of those. Like a popeal popomatic. Right. Right. Yeah, I got to be honest. When I look at Amazon Mm -hmm. on Amazon Prime Day and I see what people are buying, I feel like I'm out of touch. Me too. I feel like I'm not in the mainstream. I I agree. I'm like, what? There's a deal on that? Right. Like, that that? many people are buying that? Yeah. It's too much. It's like, I don't want to shop on Black Friday. I don't want to shop on Christmas Eve. I don't want to shop the day after Christmas. I also don't want to shop on Amazon Prime Day. I don't care if I'm on my sofa. I don't want to yeah. do it's too much. Well, okay. So now Prime is doing, Amazon's doing something. Remember last year they had, um, uh, was it a Taylor Swift concert? On Amazon? Yeah, they're doing no. that. You know, they're doing special events. Uh, um, the, Lady Gaga is going to start selling um, <laughs> beauty products <laughs> during Prime Day. She's unveiling her new beauty line. So they're like, you know, they're teaming with celebrities to oh sort of even rate. They're making $7 billion. I Someone's- can't even believe it. Mike, what's that thing you bought? It's that um, that like pressure cooker thing on the, your counter. What's oh, that? The, the Instapot. The Instapot, Instapot. yes. I've yeah, been, have you, tra- I've, have you I, tried that yet? No, and I'm so eager to try it. Okay, because here's the thing. The Instapot was the number one thing people bought on Amazon really? Prime last year. Yes. Really? Oh. I've been uh, yeah, I've been looking through the the book for like two weeks now, what but I'm book? just so lazy. The the, the cookbook that oh, comes the with manual. the little right. manual, you know. Um, but you're, you you've been reading the manual, but you're too lazy to. I'm cook too lazy to cook something. It. Yeah, that's how right, lazy so, I am, and it's an instapot. That's how lazy I am. This is how I mean, well, I am. You, you got the slow cooker on the counter, right. and you're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make no. any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. See the <laughs> stuff we don't need. When my neck gator comes, I'll yeah. be excited, but I'm thinking, how much do I really need that? Right. Well, I'll tell you, when it's November 30th and six below, you're going to be glad you got yeah, it. Yeah, I sure will The be. question mm-hmm. is, does it spark yeah. joy, John? Well, like Cass saying, I do not like my neck being cold of all the things. So if my neck is warm because of the neck gator, I'll be sparking joy. I'll be sparking Hello. something. I'm Maria Kondo. That's yeah, right. I think Maria would be fine as long as it hangs nicely on a very mm-hmm. handsome hook. I think she'd be fine with it. <laughs> All right, good. Let's take a break. Uh, Tim Uhlhoff's with us in a little bit. Should believers approach today's argument culture differently than the rest of the world? I hope so. Well, we'll talk about the argument culture next, what it is to be a Christian in these weird times. Stay tuned. 101.5 WORD. It's easy to become discouraged about the faith challenges of the emerging generation, but research is showing reason for optimism. On the next Focus on the Family, two researchers outline five key practices to help your young adult develop a vibrant, resilient faith. That's coming up next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you're like me, there's been days this year where you felt pretty discouraged. I'm not normally a Davy Downer, but at times, it's felt like tough, sad, or scary stuff everywhere I turn. 
And as we near this election, no matter your point of view, more heavy days are probably ahead. But then yesterday I heard a different kind of story about my niece, who spent the entire summer babysitting and saving her money, only to then say out of the blue, Mom, I want to donate my summer savings. She had learned about an organization that delivered toys and Bibles to less fortunate kids. And I heard a story about a little local cafe whose business was not doing well, but decided anyways to deliver dozens of free lunches to nearby seniors struggling with isolation. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we challenged ourselves this week to open our eyes to those who inspire us and to try to do some inspiring ourselves. Maybe joining with us might also encourage you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Today, everyone is expecting you to maintain a new level of clean, from customers and employees to students and staff. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. We'll keep you well-stocked with cleaning supplies, professionally laundered uniforms, and other essentials like face masks, hand sanitizer, and thermometers. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. If you've uh, ever been fortunate to serve in some capacity uh, with the church body, your your own personal church body. Maybe you've been privy to church emails where, you know, conversations uh, about finances or whatnot have kind of gone off the rails. And all of a sudden, people are chiming in, whether they're, you know, deacons or elders or just regular parishioners. I mean, things can get pretty heated in the church. You know, we, we tend to puppet what is natural in, you know, the common culture. But when you look at Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatnot, and you see Christian leaders really sort of melting down as they talk to other Christians, you kind of think, wait a second, you know, we're in a public arena. We should rise to a higher standard, not just because we're in that public arena, but because we are believers in Jesus Christ. Well, Dr. Tim Muehlhoff is back with us in a regular spot. Dr. Muehlhoff is the author of Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World. Also, his latest is called Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle. Dr. Tim Muehlhoff from Biola University. Tim, welcome back to the show. Oh, great to be with you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, Tim, uh, last Saturday when the news came in that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away, I called John to tell him the news. And (laughs) the first thing we said is probably the first thing most people said is, this is going to be so ugly. Mm. And then I thought to myself, now that's stupid. I mean, if you're afraid it's going to be ugly, just make sure that what you say is not going to be ugly. Um, but at the same time, I did have this dread, dread. 
wash over me. Um, and, you know, just from what I've seen on Twitter in the last, you know, 36 hours, I think it's probably well-placed. Yeah. Uh, the last time I was on, I mentioned this new study that came out in 2019 that 98% of Americans state that incivility is a serious problem, while 68% say it's reached crisis levels. And so, Kathy, I think we have to ask the question, what are we adding to that as Christian communicators. So when that Supreme Court spot opened, uh, a woman named Liz Peek from Fox News, a, a correspondent, said this, let us be clear, Republicans owe Democrats nothing, no courtesy, no respect, no accommodation. And I thought to myself, what do Christian communicators owe non-Christians as we look at the scriptures? So very quickly, we'll just go to Ephesians 4, uh, 31 that says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say something pretty bold. All right. I, I, this is going to shock you that Tim's going to say something that's semi-controversial. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. The biggest mistake I think President Trump made is he said he was a Christian. And he said the Bible is the most important book mm-hmm. and that it governs his actions. So here's what I'm recommending. Tomorrow's debate, right, between Vice President Biden and President Trump. If President Trump goes off the rails, if he personally attacks Vice President Biden in ways that are inappropriate, anything just listed by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, we rise up and we rebuke him. The church stands up and says, we, you cannot identify yourself with us and then treat another person like that when you're the president of the United States and it's on national television. We, we just won't allow that. And maybe you lost our vote if you don't improve in the next debate. Now, tit for tat, though, Tim, because Joe Biden also is a self-professed Christian, yes? Yes, but he's a self-proclaimed Catholic, which is just a little bit different. Now, by, by the way, uh, John, I think, I think the Catholic Church ought to do the same thing the evangelical church does. So point well made. The Catholic Church needs to rise up and say, you cannot say you're a Catholic and treat another person that way when you're running for the highest office in this nation. So, yeah, I implore my Catholic brothers and sisters to do the same. But let's talk about our community, which is the evangelical community. I think we say to President Trump, you cannot claim to be one of us and then on national television treat another man like that. If it gets nasty, again, can they, can they uh, disagree with each other? Can they raise their voices? Can it be a little pointed? Sure, I think that's fine. But when we get to name calling, if either one does that, Right, but if he's part of, he says he's part of the evangelical community, then I think it, it's Galatians six one. If a person is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, Paul says, I want you to go and correct that person gently. And I think the church does it gently. I think we say to President Trump, we don't name call him, we don't um, disparage him, but we say to him, you've made a mistake that you probably shouldn't have made. You assume you have my vote. And unless you clean up your language, you may not have my vote. And so if, so if he does something in this debate that is, violates what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, then I think we say, you need to apologize, and you need to clean it up in the second debate, or you will not, may not have my vote. But we all know that's not going to happen. Well, doggone it, John. Why ruin a good point with that? Come on, John. Well, okay, but, okay, but, he, but, here, no, but here, is, here is an ancillary point. 
Tim, which is that if people aren't willing to do that for the friend that they have or the person that they work with or, or the, the person they that they interact with on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they're certainly not going to do that for someone that they've never met like President Trump or Joe Biden. I mean, we're just we are unable to ha- to hold each other to a higher standard even in just regular discourse. And Kathy, that is a great point and Barna research shows that the number one stereotype of the Christian community by non-Christians is that we're hypocrites. Oh, I mean, that gosh. that's been around forever and sure. maybe we've earned it to a certain yeah, degree. Sure. So Kathy I think you're right. Let's talk to each other and hold each other in check how we talk about Vice President Biden or President Trump. But then, John, we do withhold our vote. We actually do withhold it. Okay, so what would really be interesting is that tomorrow night's debate, there's Joe Biden, a Catholic, and I would say a Christian, and President Trump, a Christian. Would this be this wild, imperfect swing that as the debate got underway, Chris Wallace, as the moderator said, gentlemen, Let's pause and let's pray. Oh, oh. And then and then they prayed because there's you no know, two believers together, right? Iron sharpening iron, praying together. Oh, what can you imagine? Chris Wallace would be ruined. I mean, I, I think it's fascinating. I mean, who's to say wouldn't or couldn't happen? But but John, would we want it to happen? Let's be honest. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be drawing attention to President Trump's Christianity. I Wait, just have no, not. But we, but we all. Well, I don't though, think we. Right? I don't think we want want to draw attention to either one of their Christianities. No, I don't we think don't. Right, right. Having Trump, but you know, but we Tim, okay. having just prayed. If you're just praying, then what's the next thing that comes out of your mouth? Something ugly, something vitriolic, something slanderous, filled with malice. Let's hope not. Yeah, but do you have any confidence, John? Do you have confidence that President? Now, let me say this about President Trump. I'm not a President Trump person. I did not vote for him in the last election. But let me say this: when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. I prayed for that man's discernment, and mm-hmm. he surprised me yeah, in me what yep. he said about her. Yeah. Right? He did a great so I job. Think the, yeah, Kathy, I agree. And I think the bar went up a little bit with President Trump because he showed he can do it. Mm-hmm. He yeah. showed us he could do it. And I, I hope he doesn't go after Biden in a way that is malicious. And, and to be honest, all of us would, would, would um, rebuke a fellow Christian if they acted that way in, let's say, a town hall debate. I think we'd grab that person afterwards and say, brother, See, you cannot yeah, make it personal yeah, okay. like that. I, first of all, I think we should do that, but I do not believe that we would do that. I think that there's something kind of sick about when we see someone who's, quote, on our side, who starts acting out. It's like it's like our avatar. Like, we don't want to do it, but we see someone else doing it and we're like, yeah. You know, like, you know, I, I, I think that somehow we have crossed over into some nasty, you know, n- neverland where we're just assuming that we can, like, let things go that we know in our hearts we shouldn't let go. Kathy, I think you're right. So James says the wisdom that's from above is peaceful, peaceful. Right. It's mm-hmm. kind. And so I think we need to have a heart check. I think we need to say you're right. Kathy, I think part of us is like, doggone, give it to him, man. Just yeah, give it exactly. to the media and right. give it to him. And right. I think we need to repent of that. Yeah, I think, I think it's a very good point. 
Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I wonder what will happen um, because, you know, what, when I think about the debates, what my the biggest takeaway I had from from uh, last from 2016 was the president and Hillary Clinton and the president circling around Hillary Clinton. And mm-hmm. to me, that's that spoke more. Right, you know, that right. spoke a lot more than any words ever could. So I'm, I'll be like you, Tim, you know, interested in communication, wondering what is said and unsaid tomorrow night. Yes. Oh, completely. And the relational level of communication, which I think we're in crisis mode, is the amount of compassion between the two individuals, the amount of respect, and the amount of civility. Mm-hmm. So President Trump, if he's a believer, if he's in our camp, is, is um, beholden to what Paul is telling the church at Ephesus. Yeah. And, and if he doesn't do it, I think we come out and say, you cannot do this and and claim the name of Christ. And next debate, it better be better. And you need to apologize to Biden or you do not have my vote. And he doesn't have much margin of error. He just doesn't. And so I think we come out as the evangelical church and say, don't assume you have our vote. You do not. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I'll buy that. And my hope is this, that from this moment forward, as we move to nine o'clock tomorrow evening, that all of us believers would pray for the president and for Joe mm. Biden, that mm. they would have clarity, yeah. truth, peace, wisdom on their hearts and on the tip of their yeah. tongue, first and foremost. We pray that until that moment happens tomorrow, the, the debate, and God will be with us. Yeah, yeah well said, John. I, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if, if he, that the Spirit would convict him to know that his tongue can impart life or death. And he's the, he's the model to us. He's the highest office in the country. And I pray the Spirit will convict him. Yeah. Good. That's terrific. It's a really good point. Thank you so much for being with us again, Tim. Always oh, my pleasure. Thank you for letting me uh, upset the apple cart every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love you. You and your You've apple cart. Here. No, no, it's good. Good place. Tim Muehlhoff from Biola University. Defending Your Marriage, The Reality of Spiritual Battle is his latest work. Also, Winsome Persuasion, Christian Influence in a Post-Christian World. Tim Muehlhoff. everybody. It's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. Isn't this a fabulous time of year, especially on our dairy farm in Washington County, PA? The pumpkins are turning, the corn is waving in the wind, and the hog quarters are on the pit every Sunday through the end of October. That's right. It's time for our annual 4-H hog roast. Mom bought a bunch of 4-H hogs that we will be roasting over the open pit outside all morning long. Alongside that tender, tasty, charred pork, we'll be serving pork and kraut, barbecued pork, Pork, hand-peeled mashed potatoes with pork drippings gravy, sage stuffing, baked beans, homemade applesauce, and all kinds of family recipe fall veggies and casseroles. We'll even have live music by local musicians. To keep the crowd spread out and everybody healthy this year, we have two jumbo tents set up outside, too. And the pumpkin patch hay rides will run 11 to 5 all weekend. Good old-fashioned fall fun and feasting on the farm. Come join us, springhousemarket.com. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the markets returning to pre-coronavirus levels, unemployment rate shifting, and the upcoming election, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Get what you need to stay ahead of market trends 
and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text the word money to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text money to 411411 so you can grow your capital now with Vantage Point. Don't wait. Text money to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh in the heart of the city with the city in its heart. Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. Man, that's a rough conversation. I'll tell you, it is. I mean, anytime, it is. anytime you start talking about Jesus and politics, you go off the rails. And of course, you know, you throw in President Trump into the mix. It is such a divisive, emotional, right. angry. I don't, Right. We try to stay away from it. Really, we try to do our best, but you know, guests drag us into this, and so and this is and this is the this is the place we are in our country. We can't act like it's not happening, right? Okay, but something I disagree with Tim about. I don't think that there should be some kind of delineation between if you're a Catholic Christian or if you're an Evangelical Christian. I mean, look, Christian's Christian. I don't well, care. Well, no, no, Catholic. No, you know I don't that. Care if you're- for I don't a lot of people, Orthodox. there's a delineation there. I know. But a lot I'm, of people. Sure, and of course, I don't buy it either. Yeah, I'm saying I that I don't think of, there should be. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, because I'm not Catholic, it doesn't mean I can't say anything about Joe Biden and what he says about whether or how he acts as a Christian or not. That's ridiculous. Right. I mean, I believe well, in Jesus. He believes in Jesus. We should hold each other accountable. I don't care yeah. if he's Catholic, Orthodox, whatever. It's a really weird line. I know it is. But there's a lot of people who think, well, Catholics aren't necessarily Christians like the way you and I are. Wink, well, wink, nudge, what? nudge. Guess what? When you believe in the name of Jesus Christ, that makes you a Christian. Isn't that weird? I, I don't know what that means for people, but it is true. And, I, and look, I mean, Tim, he's out there in progressive California. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure that many in our listening audience right now are shaking their heads and they are going, well, Catholics aren't Christians. And of course, I don't buy that for one second, but I know a lot of people do believe that. Right. Well, throw some more fuel to the fire there, Kath. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's just, let's just look. So we were, we're talking about um, different scripture passages when Tim Yulhoff was on the air with us. There is no scripture passage which details the fact that being a Catholic Christian or an Orthodox Christian or a Methodist or Presbyterian is any different. Those indications came after Jesus was here. Okay. Right. So the, the Holy scriptures that we have do not delineate. Okay. Right. Are says, you a brother or sister in Christ? It says, for God so loved the world mm-hmm. that he came and gave his only son to whoever believes in him, whoever, it doesn't matter if you say you're Catholic, it doesn't matter if you say you're Methodist, but I mean, if you're a Christian, 
you're a Christian. You should right. act like one. Now, look, I mean, uh, take what you will from that conversation. Uh, I will. I, I, I continue to pray. I continually I pray for President I, Trump. I feel and, really stupid that I didn't think about that. Because what's that? You're absolutely right. About praying for Trump. We need Biden. to. Uh, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. You know, right. for the soul of our nation. And, yes. I, you know, n- not for theatrics or anything, right. but just so there is holiness. Those two men come together to bring their best, to bring their holiness, to be Jesus on that podium for the good of themselves as right. men and as fathers and husbands and of course, president and candidate, and just as believers for the good of this country, for all of us together at that same moment. We need this. We need this more than ever. So uh, please join us. Join us in prayer uh, that this debate is a good and reasonable and Holy Spirit-filled event mm-hmm. that Christ is proclaimed. And there is no ugliness. There is no vitriol. There is no just, you know what, you know, just general politics, that there is truth and wisdom that shines forth. Maybe that would help in my anticipatory gastric distress. I think it might. I think the prayers would calm your your belly down. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's Kathy getting sick the day before a presidential debate because she's afraid it's going to be cringy. (laughs) Cringy. Take a break. Uh, We come back. Oh, no. We're going to talk about David Brooks and how his faith shapes his politics. Well, we love David Brooks. So what does he have to say about this whole mix? Election cycle edition of the ride home. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The lone Kentucky detective charged in connection with the fatal shooting of Breonna Taylor has pleaded not guilty. Brett Hankinson's plea comes five days after a grand jury indicted him on three counts of wanton endangerment for firing into the home of Taylor's neighbors. Northern California's wine country is on fire again as strong winds are fanning flames, prompting evacuation orders involving more than 50,000 people. Fires coming on the third anniversary of deadly wildfires that erupted in 2017, including one of those fires that killed 22 people. President Trump expected to announce the shipment of millions of rapid coronavirus tests to states this week. He plans to urge governors to use them to reopen schools. Wall Street rallied today. The Dow gained 410 points. The Nasdaq up 203. The S&P 500 ahead 53. This is SRN News. Where are we headed? Globalism? A new world order? A singular government power? If we yield over and decide that America is not unique, it's not special, it's not extraordinary. We no longer are the United States of America. We're just a piece of a bigger government. And what about prophecy? Is the United States of America part of God's great plan for the world? Now, a new documentary, Trump 2024, the world after Trump, takes a look at what the world could look like in 2024, with or without President Trump. Trump 2024 features interviews with Franklin Graham, Mike Huckabee, Dennis Prager, and yours truly, Eric Metaxas. The Messiah will not arrive on Air Force One. Watch Trump 2024, the world after Trump on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Trump 2024. Go to SalemNow.com to watch Trump 2024. That's SalemNow.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office 
RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. So, traffic has been crazy lately, right? And rush hour? Forget it. Nobody wants to let you merge onto the highway. But hey, somebody let you merge or you wouldn't be there, so... Drivers who switch to Progressive could save big... Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Greetings, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Sacred Addictions with over 27 years of recovery from multiple addictions. There's a saying in the recovery community, meeting makers make it. And through our higher power, Jesus Christ, and implementing the 12 steps of recovery founded in the Word of God, you too will recover and heal. Why not join us at our meeting every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Tonight we'll see cloudy skies with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tonight we'll reach a low of 53. Tomorrow and tomorrow night we'll have considerable cloudiness with occasional rain. The high tomorrow 60, the low tomorrow night 48. Wednesday, we'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday, you can expect a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. We had ourselves a jam-packed 4 o'clock hour. If you want to check any of that out, uh, you can find us at wordfm.com for the podcast after we leave the air. Kath, we were talking um, in that last couple of segments about what it is to be a believer, especially in the public sphere, which makes us think about this opinion piece that David Brooks who is a columnist for the New York Times. He wrote this uh, September 24th. And I just uh, let me just quickly read just a couple of paragraphs here. Maybe we can comment on this, okay? Yeah. David Brooks writes this. Over the past few decades, whenever a Republican president puts up an important judicial nominee, especially a Catholic one, we go through the same routine. Some Democrat accuses the nominee of imposing his or her religious views on the law. The dogma lives loudly within you, Senator Dianne Feinstein notoriously told Amy Coney Barrett in a 2017 confirmation hearing. Then, Republicans accused Democrats of being religious bigots. 
Then the nominee testifies that her personal opinions or religious faith will have absolutely no bearing on her legal judgments. This unconvincing routine gets us no closer to understanding two important questions. How does faith influence a person's political view? And how should we look at religiously devout people in public life? David Brooks goes on to say that the extent to which he has answers to these questions is through his own experience. And he tells the story about how for most of his public life, he was an atheist. Um, for those of us who've read David Brooks for a long time, um, this is something that you could kind of see ebbing away um, over time. And about seven years ago, he became a believer in Jesus Christ. He said, I would say, quote, that coming to faith changed everything. And yet it didn't alter my political opinions all that much. That's because assenting to a religion is not like choosing to be a Republican or a Democrat. It happens on a different level of consciousness. Um, Now, I get what he's saying in that regard, and I'm certainly not going to argue with anyone's experience or anyone's choices in how they look at at politics and faith. Um, I think he makes a few good points. He said that... um, even when he was an atheist, and this is something that I've I've been kind of chatting with um, one of our listeners, Leo, about over the years. Um, during his time as an atheist, David Brooks writes, I thought the stories were false as far as the biblical stories, but I thought the values they implied were true. Mm-hmm. So he said the values like welcoming the stranger or humility against pride became the moral framework I applied to think through my opinions. He said, so even before he was a believer, he was using scriptural principles to decide how to vote, decide how he looked at political issues, um, decide who he thought was right and who he thought was wrong in the public sphere. Because um, he was of the generation that was not biblically illiterate because right. those he stories knew, were right. still He old. knew all those stories, right? right. So this is... This This is the clincher for me. David Brooks finishes by saying this. In a society that is growing rapidly more secular every day, I'd say we have more to fear from political dogmatism Mm -hmm. than religious dogmatism. We have more to fear from those who let their politics determine their faith practices and who turn their religious communities into political armies. Mm -hmm. We have more to fear from people who look to politics as a substitute for faith. Amen and amen. Listen, whenever we turn to anything to determine our ultimate belief or allegiance, right? Um, That's not God. That's what God calls making an idol. That's what it is, right? Is that we're turning to something else that we think will be God-like for us that's not God. And how many millions of Americans are doing this, John, every single day when it comes to politics? Somehow being a Democrat is more important than being a Christian, even if you are a Christian. Somehow being a Republican is more important for you than being a Christian, even though you're both a Republican and a Christian. Look, this is what Jesus Jesus said, like, either I'm the top shelf in your life or don't bother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Your mother, your brother, what, you know, who's your family? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, holy smokes. I don't know. Seriously. um, It is, it is hard to navigate through this, but in, on many ways, it's very easy because Jesus is either the Lord of the universe and you choose to follow him first and foremost, 
or something else takes his place. Okay. So, but how do you know that you are following Jesus, especially in the area of politics? This is what I think. I think that one of the ways that we know that we're trying at least, and we fail all the time, we're imperfect continuously, but that we're at least trying in the right direction to follow Jesus in politics is that we are able to call out our party and the opposing party at the same rate. Because I guarantee you right now, just like Alexander Solzhenitsyn said, the line between good and evil does not run between nations or between political parties. It runs down the center of every human heart. That means that there is good and evil in every Republican heart, and there is good and evil in every Democratic heart. There is not a good side and a bad side when it comes to politics. That is not the way God says it is. Amen to that. Truly amen. So as we navigate this really weird line that we're towing, right, and moving forward to Election Day, November 3rd. We cannot be held hostage to a political party. We, no. are, we are supposed to be following Jesus first. And his kingdom is bigger than any political party. Now, you can. it doesn't mean that you can't belong to a political party. It doesn't mean you can't vote. It doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. It just means that your vote, your opinion, your party just has to be subservient to the Jesus who loved you first. I mean, that's, that's the best we can do, right? I'll be lying on my deathbed going, gee, I wish I would have been part of more political action committees. I mean, that's what Mike said. He said off the air, boy, one thing I wish I could do with my life right now is to be involved with more political action committees. God help us. Truly yeah. God help us. I mean, yeah, it's very challenging, especially in this era, especially when we've got a presidential election and we've got a Supreme Court nominee. I mean, listen, I got to tell you, um, I watched the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett and Saturday. I don't, I don't on Saturday. I don't know if she's going to make it. I certainly hope she does because I admire this woman so deeply, greatly. I mean, what an unbelievable public service. How fortunate we are in America that our country produces people like her. Mm. I mean, yeah. good grief. I mean, not, and, and how she's possibly able to be a mother of seven and, be a nominee for the Supreme Court, I cannot in any way relate to. All I all I know is I was reading a comment um, in an online source yesterday written by one of her uh, supervisors. I think it was at Notre Dame's law school where he said she is a generational talent. Really? She's wow. her her abilities are so rare that they only show up once in a generation. Talent. So she clearly has more capacity than most people do. But <laughs> right. I mean, just professionally, I am incredibly impressed with her. Um, I'm certainly impressed with how she talks about her husband and the mm. way that they are kind and caring to one another, how they share their duties at home and are supportive of one, one another's careers and they love their children together. And I, I don't know, I, I very, very much liked her. So it's, so I'm weighing in on a political issue. I really very much like Amy Coney Barrett and I hope she, I hope she is um, approved by the Senate. Doesn't so but you're not worshiping at her all, but I'm not worshiping at her feet. And if she's not approved, or if something comes up where I find out something horrible about Amy Coney Barrett, it's not going to change my belief in Jesus. You know what I mean? Jesus well, is still on the throne. No, wait a second. So that's interesting. So in this era, we're all waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, I know. Uh, when I hear something horrible, I mean, I don't think we go. We're going to, but in this bipartisan, uh, you never know, partisan era that we live in. Holy smokes! Oh Look, my god, oh, she's a generational talent. Holy heck! I'm all happy that I went to Amazon and bought a neck gator. Right after <laughs> you went to eBay and bought a piece of garbage cashmere scarf. <laughs> 
that I haven't heard the end of yet, obviously. I'm going to keep bringing it up. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Right. Okay, let's take a break. Um, we're going to talk with uh, Jason Sharon in a little bit. The true meaning of peace, bring it on. We need to hear about that conversation. Peace, that's next here on Word FM. WORD. As popular as the image of angels are, not many people know the truth about these supernatural messengers. Well, this week on Through the Bible, we get a peek into this part of God's creation that we don't know that much about. So hop aboard the Bible bus as Dr. J. Vernon McGee directs our journey through the small but powerful book of Jude. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800 555 2085 This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by federal law. We understand that not all of our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. This radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position, on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. You at peace? Are you, are you at peace, Kath? Right now? You got peace on you? Well, I think so. I mean, Boy, now that you've asked me, all of a sudden I'm I'm thinking that maybe I'm wrong, but I feel pretty peaceful. You think so? I mean, I mean I'm not pretty so, I'm not peaceful all the time though. Oh, I know that. And I do have that anticipatory gastric distress about tomorrow Mm. night's presidential debate. I don't want to hear about that anymore. I mean it. 
I mean, holy Just heck. trying to be honest about who I am. All right. Well, Father Jason Sharon is back with us. Jason joins us on a regular basis. He joins us from Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Jason, welcome back. How are you? Peace be to you. Peace. And also with you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Kathy? How are you, John? Good. We're well. Thank you. Tell us about peace, Jason. Peace. Well, it's it's uh, not the absence of war. Often, uh, you know, people, uh, uh, that's the secular understanding of peace. You know, it's peacetime. There's no war going on. But uh, for, for us Christians, the word peace has such a beautiful and deep meaning that just goes far, far beyond uh, that negative dish, uh, definition of what it's not. It, uh, it It's so much deeper. It's like uh, the Pacific Ocean, you know, it just it's deep, 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 and you cannot really uh, get to the bottom of it. It's just a very beautiful and incredibly rich word. Hmm. It sounds beautiful, right? I mean, the concept of peace is so deeply inviting, but the reality of it, few of us ever dive deep into peace, do we? Yes, that's true. But when we read the scriptures, we see how, you know, how often our Lord speaks about it. He's, especially after his resurrection, you know, when he's, he's meeting with the apostles and he says time and again, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And then he, he breathes on them, the Holy Spirit, uh, in the upper room, and he, and he says, peace be to you. Um, so he's just, he's spreading it around like a farmer spreads, you know what, on the field. He's just spreading, he's spreading the, the, the peace all over, and uh, that's what he wants to do with us, because it produces so much in terms of our spiritual life, and it just spills over and produces fruit in the world in which we live. Hmm. What yeah. happens when we don't have it, Jace? Well, when we don't have it, then the world doesn't have it because, you know, we're the, we're the salt of the earth, you know, and if we Christians don't have it, then uh, we see the, uh, you know, it percolating on the surface in politics, in society, uh, and those are just symptomatic of uh, something that the, the people who make up the society and the body politic themselves don't have. Um, so uh, there's this discord, um, this lack of intactness, restlessness. Um, and those, those are the opposite of what Shalom and Irene really mean, you know, in their root. Uh, when you look at the, uh, the understanding of peace in the Old Testament, it was just this inward completeness, you know, Shalom. Uh, and by the time of Christ, you know, they used the Greek word Irene, from what we get the name uh, Irene. You know, either of you know some, someone named Irene, you know, it yeah. means peace. Um, but by the time of, of the, the Christians, uh, Shalom... Uh, came to mean not just an, an inward completeness, but a, a restfulness that a baby might have in the arms of his mother or father. And uh, it's interesting that at that time we began to call God Father, you know? So it's a restfulness in the presence of God. Mm. I'll take that any day or night. I mean, I'm happy to have that restfulness. So I, I guess to define peace is one thing. Jace, just from your own perspective, how do you achieve peace? Well, peace is, a, is, is the fruit of prayer. Um, that's the only, it's a gift from God. And uh, if you want peace in the world, then begin to, to pray in your own world. And uh, we have to ask God for it. He's the giver of all good gifts and uh, the, the bestower of all blessings, life, joy, and peace. So we have to begin at the very beginning, and that is with conversation with the Lord and ask him to, you know, pour his peace into our hearts so it uh, peace is the fruit of prayer. 
Father Juris, was, Jason, oh, sorry, Jason, let me just to identify you. Jason Sharon is with us from Holy Trinity Orthodox Church. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, so there, there's a beautiful quote I came across. Uh, I don't know if any of your listeners had heard of it. Uh, you know, C.S. Lewis, he says that God can't give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. You know, we often think, you know, God, just give me happiness. Give our country peace. And he's saying, I, I'm giving you myself. You know, I'm giving you myself. And you, if you have me in your life, in your country, mm-hmm. then you're going to have peace. You're going to have happiness. But, you know, in our schools and in our public institutions, they try to remove God from there. But we still want his peace, you know. But that's just not possible because you, as, as C.S. Lewis points out, you just can't have peace and happiness mm-hmm. apart from God. He is the source of all peace and happiness. Um, and, and, and that's why, you know, we have people, um, y- you can't give what you don't have is the basic axiom. You, you simply can't mm-hmm. give what you don't have. And atheism cannot give an atheist political systems. They can't give peace socially mm-hmm. or politically because it, that very philosophy deprives man of the spiritual source of peace, namely communion with God. Right. So, Jay, so those of us who are turning to politics um, it, for, you know, meaning or explanation or, or worldview, uh, we're not going to have peace because that's not where it can be found. Right. Exactly. You've got it. Um, that's where it'll bear fruit. You know, it'll bear fruit, but it's not the root of peace. It's, it's on the outer limb. Uh, if, you want the, if, you want, if you want peace, you have to, you know, cultivate the roots first. And that's, that's a life of prayer. Yes. Jason, I identified you as an Orthodox priest a couple of minutes ago, which must have been a surprise to you. Um, hey, consider- I, you know, there, there are bigger surprises in the world. You know, the, the apostles were following a guy they thought was a Messiah. He died on a cross, and then three days later, he's alive again. So, you know, uh, we're, we follow the God of uh, who's okay, like to that is, throw things yeah, away. Big, you're, right, you're right. The resurrection was a bigger surprise. But anyway, uh, Father, <laughs> Father Jason Sharon is actually a Ukrainian Catholic priest. Um, Jace, talk about a time in your life where you didn't have peace and then a time in your life when you did? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, when um, I didn't know, I met my wife, and I didn't know if I was going to marry her. I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. And it was back in the 90s when, you know, you didn't have cell phones and Internet. And, um, you know, there was that whole year I was apart from her. And, you know, I was anxious and restless. This person I, I think I love, and I'll, may, I may never, ever see that person again. And then, so that was really... Um, unpeaceful. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You didn't have that, that quietness and that restfulness that peace is. And then, you know, the, the, the wedding day is, this is the confirmation. This is the seal. This is the capstone. Like, yes, this is the confirmation of it. And just to, to, to hold, you know, your, your, your wife in your arms and, and uh, see that, yes, this is, this is the, the person, this is my key to heaven and I'm her key to heaven. This is God's gift to me. That's, that mm-hmm. is, uh, one of the greatest experiences of peace I ever had. One is just a restfulness, and one is a restlessness. And if you have restlessness, you don't have peace. But if you have rest, restfulness, then you've got it in good measure. How many kids do you have? Seven. Seven, yeah. Our youngest is six months old. How's that rest? Mm, it's all theoretical at this point. that's good that's good so that's really interesting so jace when you look back at those times of unrestfulness i mean you could never imagine the life you're leading now with you know loving your wife leading a church having seven kids right i mean it's a great no no that's true that's true you can never uh never predict uh how 
God's plan for you is going to unfold. Um, but, uh, you know, it is when you do have that, that gift of peace, you know, it, it, um, it just, everything else just falls into place. You know, you, if you look at it at the spiritual level, you know, when, when you don't have peace, let's say you don't believe in God, you know, there's, there's a, you know, the death is coming because we all believe there's a death, you know, and you just go through life with that same restlessness that, you know, I had not knowing if I'd ever marry this girl. But imagine that I only had to go through that for a year, but imagine going through a whole life, you know, and it's not about loving a girl or not, but it's about your eternal destiny because you think the end is the grave and there's just, there's no, there's no escape from it. And so that, that constant fear that eating nine angst is, is uh, what, what pulls a lot of our brothers and sisters apart from morning till night. But then imagine, you know, that feeling they have when all of a sudden they realize that, hey, death isn't the last thing. There's this guy who defeated it, and I'm free from that. And that guy you just saw jumping out in front on the sidewalk, you know, clapping his hands and laughing, who just realized that there's a heaven and all of his cares in this life, you know, they're, they're not the be-all and the end-all. That's the guy who has peace, you know, because all that fear of, of death, and eternal death was just superseded by the knowledge that Christ defeated it, and he's giving you the option to live forever. That's, that's peace. That's really good. We're talking with Father Jason Sharon, who joins us from Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie, PA. Jason, um, if people are listening to you for the first time and they hear, wait a second, he's a Catholic priest with seven kids, how's that work? Yeah, well, it's kind of like the uh, Major League Baseball. You have the American League and the National League. American League has a designated hitter, and the, you know, so uh, the the National League doesn't have the designated hitter, right? Their pitchers, their pitchers have to hit. So it's the same in the Catholic Church. It's uh, uh, one very big family, and there are different traditions in the church. And uh, Catholics from the eastern lung of the church, uh, you know, they those married men can can become priests. And you know, Catholics from the uh, you know the, the the Western lung of the Church, uh, their their priest uh, priestly ministry is reserved uh, for celibate men. Amen. Well said, uh, Jace. Uh, talk to us about uh, COVID and what you're doing in Carnegie and how your congregation is weathering through this. Well, regarding COVID, you know, this is this has been a great blessing because, like those Christians throughout times past, you know, it's not as though the faith was put on pause. Uh, during the difficult times, you know, the, the, the commandment to worship our God and to love one another, uh, that was a commandment for COVID and pre-COVID and post-COVID. It doesn't stop. And so we've, we just keep doing what God wants us to do. And uh, uh, God blessed us with, uh, you know, a lot of new families and, uh, um, you know, we're growing and, and doing well. Excellent. Terrific. Great to hear from you, Jason. Yes, Jason. It is always good. Good to hear you guys, and you have uh, keep up the belly laughter. Yeah, we're <laughs> doing you. what we can. It's Father Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church in Carnegie. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, would you drive like on a tour and see wild animals? I mean, well, not yeah. in Africa, but would you do it here? I'd love to. I don't think I would. Anytime. Let's talk about that next. Hi, this is Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Let me encourage you to be in prayer about the upcoming election. Then make sure you prepare. Educate yourself on the agendas of the two parties and make sure you're registered. 
Finally, make your plan to vote, whether at the voting booth, by absentee, or vote by mail. Your voice is your vote. Your voice needs to be heard on November 3rd. How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. I've been searching for ways to grow deeper in my faith and strengthen my daily walk, and I found it at Crosswalk.com. From Bible study tools to Christian living articles, devotionals, movie reviews, to marriage and finance articles, well, you get the idea. Crosswalk.com also has a great online community of Christians just like me. With everything just a click away, it's like having a trusted friend, teacher, and mentor right here at my desk every day. Crosswalk.com, the intersection of faith and life. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you know the power of what community is all about. There is something about everyone moving in the same direction, or at least trying to move in the same direction. The goal is always grace and forgiveness and peace in Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at the pandemic across America, and especially in the recent higher education rise of pandemic cases, you know things are off the charts. Well, look, at Grove City College, because people are moving in the same direction, and I'm not saying this is going to last forever, but right now, the pandemic is very low-key at Grove City College because I believe the power of community and that nature that everyone is together. That's why we're thrilled, Kath and I, that both our kids attend Grove City College right now. Yeah, you're right, John, because things can change at any time. We've seen this, right, story after story over the last six months. But I join with you in saying that I'm confident that at least there is a concerted effort of people trying. There's an administration that is really behind a consistent, solid plan, and they're being really good about following through. I mean, there's not much more we can do in times like this other than have a plan and try to stick to it, and they are. Right. And the students get the message and they're working it too. Excellence in action. Look online at Grove City College, gcc.edu. That's Grove City. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see cloudy skies with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tonight, we'll reach a low of 53. Tomorrow and tomorrow night, we'll have considerable cloudiness with occasional rain. The high tomorrow, 60. The low tomorrow night, 48. Wednesday, we'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Wednesday, you can expect a high of 64. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. So you drive up to Grove City College. Of course, uh, Kath and I have kids who are going to college there. But there's a place, a new place called Keystone Safari. And it is a 144-acre safari facility. It encompasses two separate interactive animal parks uh, in Liberty Township in Mercer County. Now, here's a cool thing. You can drive your car at no more than two miles an hour. And uh, by doing so you will see some 100 wild animals and 25 species. 
which include bison, ostrich, deer. Uh, nothing's going to bite. Nothing's like there's camels. They, they're going to come close. Um, it's a wild thing. I would love to do this. They're saying you when you bring come in, no, you can't bring your cat, your your cat, or your or your. What, what That's it, probably what? a smart idea. No, no pets, no mm-hmm. dogs, no cats, no birds, no food, and just drive. Also, smart idea. And you can, you know, see wildlife at its most serene. I'd, I'd love to see this, and it's up in Grove City. Would you do this? Well, here's my fear, and I'm speaking in ignorance because I don't know anything about this. Yeah. I mean, are we going to see animals like restrained in like? No, no, no. They're wandering. They're all wandering. Here's roll down the car window, choose to feed or simply watch animals such as emus, bison, elk, zebras, donkeys, llamas, Highlander cattle, yaks, and more. Okay. Okay. So if they're all wandering around, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Have this fear. Yeah. I, I hate to see animals in cages. I know that I'm not, I'm not a freak. All of you can like, you know, email zoo, me if you like it, Kathy at wordfm.com. But the I just, zoo I, dogma lives deep within the, you. The zoo dogma does it. I, okay. and I love people who work at the zoo. I mean, I get it. I just, and I, I just, you know what I mean? I hate I to see animals it. in cages if they don't have to be in cages. Mm-hmm. Look, Mike's right. laughing. He's like, she's a freak. No, no, no. I get it. I mean, no, no. You, you know, yeah, of course. But but no, this is 144 acres. It just, you know, and, animals wandering With around. all those animals, 144 acres probably isn't a lot. I don't know. Right? 100 it- animals on 144 acres. That's Because a lot. everybody gets their own acre. Right. Yeah. That sounds like it sounds pretty good. That sounds great. My husband and I don't have our own acre. I'll tell you that. I got an acre. I mean, I love to do this. I want. I, okay, so it's a ride bison. home field trip. It's what? A ride home field trip? Mm-hmm, the three of us. Why don't we invite listeners? We'll do like a bus trip. We've done that no, before. No, we can't because COVID. Oh, right. It's COVID, COVID ruins everything. You know, right. it's, it's the t-shirts I'm getting made. All right. Well, it, it sounds pretty cool. Keystone Safari. I got you know, nothing invested in these. I just saw it and I thought that'd be a great COVID thing for you and your family to drive Get around. Get out and go look at something. Yeah, man. Take a little. Because isn't know, it hard to figure out? Like my husband and I were like, okay, we should go do something. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Right. Yeah, I mean, we all were, the things we always do, which we, you know, we have a certain number of walks we go on, a certain number of trails we like, and blah, blah, blah. But right. then we don't like. <laughs> Here's, okay, so Friday night, I said to you, hey, we're going to go out and eat. Yeah, did you? So my wife came home and we're talking, you know, okay, we could do this, we could do that. And then by the time we were done, we we're like, let's just stay home. <laughs> so you never went out? No. What did you eat? Uh, you don't even remember. I don't even remember. You don't even remember what you ate. No. This is a tragic conversation. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just kind of like, let's go out and do something. And then we're like, after we, you know, sort of looked at our uh, our options, they were kind of like, eh, I'm not going to bother to do that. So we just stayed home. Boy, you, wow. That's really Sorry. dull. It was dull. It was. Yeah. No, no. But listen, seriously, the weather's been so fabulous. It has been. Right. I'm out in the backyard. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at we're the out of, We're out on the front porch all the time. I get it. And, you know, the birds in the bird it. bath. I'm digging I it. I get so it. No, it's all right. Bad. I don't look down at you, John, for crying out loud. You're a little bit judgmental. All right. When we come back, why you should read things out loud. Is there a benefit to, you know, reading things actually verbally instead of just in your head? Well, a new BBC article says it is vitally important, not just to you, but to your mental health. Talk about it next. 
101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. There are subsequent steps that we take in the Christian life as we follow Christ. And there are some things that accompany salvation. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation, our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses. We don't have that in this country. With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines. Take extra precautions if at higher risk. Wash our hands frequently. Stay six feet from others when we can. And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patients' safety and our team members' safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. I remember being in elementary school and we always had reading class, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever the readers were, they were always some kind of short stories of whatnot. Uh, you'd progress, of course, from Dick and Jane forward. But I remember, you know, uh, the nuns that I went to school with they would have you stand when it was your time to read and you read out loud mm-hmm. paragraph or two. And I remember being so excited by that. And I would intentionally look down the line and then count how many kids were before me and then reach ahead to look at my paragraph ahead of time so that I could read my paragraph ahead of time. So I would be prepared. That's that sounds a- like someone who has a future in radio. <laughs> but I, I was so excited to read out loud. D- do you feel that way when you when I love you to read out loud. to read yes. out loud? Yes. All the time. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Love. I still love it. Me too. So 
there's an article we saw at the BBC, why you should read this out loud. And essentially, they're saying that, you know, for much of history, reading was really a noisy activity. Mm-hmm. They say this, on clay tablets written in ancient Iraq and Syria some 4,000 years ago, the commonly used words for to read literally meant to cry out or to listen. Quote, I am sending a very urgent message, says one letter from this period. Listen to this tablet. If it is appropriate, have the king listen to it. Hmm. Now, there's something also, as I read this article, that there's a deep correlation between reading out loud and memory. Mm -hmm. And a psychologist, a man by the name of Colin McLeod, he's at the University of Waterloo in Canada. He says that extensive research shows that the more you read out loud, the more your mind automatically retains. Mm -hmm. There's something about, you know, hearing your own voice, go through the process that you're able to absorb that. Yeah, he named this phenomenon the production effect, and it means that producing written words, that's to say reading them out loud, improves our memory of them. In another study, John, this is people who are aged 67 to 88. They were given the same task, reading words either silently or aloud before writing writing down all the ones they could remember. What's interesting is that they were able to recall 27% of the words they had read aloud, but only 10% of the words they had read silently. When asked which ones they recognized, they were able to correctly identify 80% of the words that they had read out loud, but only 60% of the ones they had read silently. Now, also, McLeod and his team have found that the effect of this can last up to a week, a week after you did the reading. So reading aloud has benefits, right? Uh, Further on in the article, they talk about a lot of adults will say, well, I really don't read out loud. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll read my kid a bedtime story or whatnot, Mm -hmm. but they say adult reading really out loud is really widespread. It's not something we do with our kids only or something that only happens in the past. Some say they read out funny emails or messages to entertain others. Others read aloud prayers and blessings for spiritual reasons. Writers and translators read drafts to themselves to hear the rhythm and the flow. People also read aloud to make sense of recipes, contracts, and densely written texts. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a piece you and I over the weekend, Kath, and you said to me, I had to read the articles, the paragraphs, two or three times to make sure I understood it. Yeah. Now, yeah. you imagine if you would have read that out loud, it would have helped in a little bit. I did read it out loud because that's something that I do all the time. Mm-hmm. I read things out loud on a daily basis. When I get ready for the show, I always read things out loud because instinctively, now I didn't know the actual science behind it until I read this BBC article, but I know that I remember things better if I speak them out loud. Another thing, for those of you who are writers out there, um, I do a lot of writing and have ever since, you know, I was, I don't know, a writing minor in college. But when you write, if you don't read what you have written aloud, then you're never going to get the right feel for your writing. If you read it in your head, it's not the same. You have to read it out loud. I told my kids this a lot when they were doing papers in school, is that when you're done writing or when you're in the middle of writing or whatever it is, you have to read what you have written out loud Mm -hmm. to see what it sounds like. It's just not reproducible to do it in your head. Right. 
And it is a skill set. I mean, anybody can learn the skill set, right? Uh, you know, you just start young and, or even if you're not young, you just start doing it and you'll be surprised how quickly you'll learn the skill set. Now, what's weird is trying to bring it up in public or trying to bring it up in your family or whatever. Say, hey, let's read something aloud. Most people are like, I don't what? Do I do this um, kind of regularly with my family. And every time I do it, all three of them respond like, huh? Really? Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I guess they've gotten better and maybe they're just trying to humor me. But I do feel like it's important sometimes to read things out loud. Yeah. Especially when you – it helps you as a um, as a reader, as a speaker. Um, if you're a performer, it helps you to just get in the habit of doing it. Um, it to me, words are more meaningful if they're spoken. Right. So with that in mind – what do you say that you and I read something out loud that we love? All right. Uh, was it last week or maybe the week before we had a guest, Tony Woodleaf, join us, joined us. And he wrote a piece called, This is How You Will Heal the Wound. And we loved it so much, we posted it on our Facebook page. But we'd like to read this now. It's a short piece out loud. Kath, would you like to start? Um, I would like you to start because I'm having a little computer issue, but please go on ahead. Okay. This is how you will heal the wound. First, stop waiting for someone else to do it. Mm. If one day someone does come with the power to heal this monstrous gash, you'll be asked what you did while you waited. You'll be asked what you think your purpose here is. You'll be asked who the hell you think you are. So this is what you can do. This is what we need from you. This is how you're going to help heal this wound that's crisscrossing the body of us. Number one, halt in your throat those words you want to speak right now, words about who is at fault. Those words in your throat are a filthy luxury in this land gone poor and needy. Those words spring from a dark corner of your heart, but they can be a kind of medicine if only you'll swallow them down. Two, start a journal of thanksgiving. Did the water run clean and strong from your faucet again? Did you get distracted while driving and get away with it? Did your child stroke the worry lines on your face as you tucked him in? Keep a record of these gifts. See how your journal fills up. Maybe things aren't as bad as we thought. Number three, but maybe they're worse. Get a different journal and spill your sins onto its pages. See how this journal, too, fills up. Don't worry, you don't have to show anybody. Besides, every sin has a lingering scent. People know more about you than you want to believe they know. Try to count how many people have forgiven the likes of you. Four, unplug your television just to remind the both of you who's boss. Maybe give it a good kick for measure. You don't have to write that in your sin journal. That one's on the house. Five, go outside and find an ant. Follow him on your hands and knees. Witness his determination on his great and perilous journey. No one will celebrate him when he arrives. He's just doing his job. See how little he cares for affirmation. See how little he cares for you. You could smash him with your thumb. He'll never know how close he has come to his end. How often have you been like the ant? How often have you mashed the ant beneath your thumb? Perhaps you have more to write in your journals. Six. That neighbor or colleague or kin who votes the wrong way, tell yourself a story about why. 
Your story must be free of malice and ignorance. This world is already filled to the brim with cruelty and tragedy. Your story must be a kind one. In it, this person is neither evil nor dumb. This person wants children to grow up healthy and wise. This person wants people to have good work. This person loves his mama. Can you not imagine this about him? Ponder what this means about you. 7. Keep the movie playing when the credits roll. Let them roll and roll. Pause near the end and pick out a random job no one but movie business people understand. Say the name of the person who did that job. Let it roll off your tongue. Say a small prayer for that person. Nobody's going to remember that the electrical intern on the set of Moonrise Kingdom was Magdalena Bermudez today unless you do it. She worked hard, and someone should remember what she did. 8. Memorize this as a psalm. I am owed nothing. I owe everything. I, too, shall pass. 9. Ask a child to show you how to do something she knows better than you. Maybe it's making a weird noise or playing a made-up game. Maybe it's being cheerful in the morning. Get down to where she is and ask for her help. See how patient she is with you. Resolve to be this patient with everyone who is learning, including yourself. We are all learning or dying. Both demand the patience of others. 10. Be wronged and keep silent. Once a day is a good start. 300 million fewer complaints about a day would make a real dent in American rage. Twitter might even implode. This would be a good thing. 11. Let someone be wrong and keep quiet about that, too. Whoops, now we've deflated Facebook. Look how we're healing the world, one closed mouth at a time. 12. Start a garden. Just a pepper plant on your window will do. Take care of your little pepper plant. Speak softly to him. It's hard living on a windowsill. And so your plant may only be able to muster a single pepper for you. Thank your plant for this pepper. He gave you all he had. Draw a picture of the pepper in your Thanksgiving journal. Give the pepper to your neighbor. 13. This last one's going to be hard, but look how far you've come. Think of someone you hate. Now, don't tell yourself some other word applies. The person who came to mind is a person you hate. Now, imagine that a chain shackles him to you. Imagine that you stand together before the gates of heaven and you can't go in without him. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Now, plead the case of this person you hate. Beg him into heaven. Save him if you would be saved. There is no other way. That's the essay. Tony Woodleaf wrote called This Is How You Will Heal the Wound. It's been a great pleasure to read out loud. Sure. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to talk about, hey, we haven't talked about the Steelers at all yet. Let's do that next. Stick around. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, the Monday edition here on Word FM. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. How's your pandemic going? This holding pattern that a lot of us are in. Do you have a silver lining in all of this right now? What is your silver lining? I mean, hopefully you're not feeling too trapped, your burden not too heavy, hemmed in by the restrictions of it all. And no doubt, like everybody, you're thinking about finances a lot. Those things occupy all of our thoughts. Here it is, autumn. I keep on hearing this phrase, amidst historically low rates, and I'm not quite sure what all that means. What does it mean for you? Check out 
United Faith Mortgage online. United Faith Mortgage. Whether it's refinancing, cash out refinancing, VA loans, you know, buy a house. United Faith Mortgage, this small family of John, Ryan, Denise, Barbara, they set you up, honest, direct, you're good to go with a lender advantage. Look for it online, United Faith Mortgage, and ease your burden, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. From the producers of God's Not Dead. This is not time for spiritual awakening. I need to be the man that God made me to be. A movie so relevant for our times. One nation under God. Who do you think you are? Just expressing my freedom of speech. Not around here, buddy. One nation under God. Winner of 35 film festivals. We can cut God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. But God will always be here. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Antonio Sabato Jr., and football great Herschel Walker. Imagine what we could do, united, for one nation. Let's make America great again. One nation under God. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase and use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code MOVIE. Were you born from 1945 to 1965? People born during these years are five times more likely to have hepatitis C. So even if you try to eat right, exercise, and take care of yourself, you could still have hepatitis C, a serious disease that's a leading cause of liver cancer. If you were born from 1945 to 65, you should get a blood test for hepatitis C. Treatments can cure this disease. Talk to your doctor about getting tested. A message from the CDC. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Skillet in Concert, October 3rd. 7.30 p.m. at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, with special guest Colton Dixon. Drive-In tickets available now at druskyent.com. Gates open at 5.30, rain or shine. Skillet, October 3rd at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Visit Drusky Entertainment for details at druskyent.com. Hey, wait a second. I- I'd go to that concert. It was just, you know, would you do a drive-in concert? Well, you'd do, I mean, whatever happens at a drive-in, you're all in favor of. Yeah. What a drive-in says to me is that I'm sleepy and I'm going to fall. Right. We we were talking about the drive-in. We do a lot of talking around here. We do <laughs> talk about the drive-in. Uh, they were playing uh, Risky Business and um, Purple Rain. Never saw either one. What? Can you believe that? Isn't that dumb? What? Listen, you know the list Where were of you movies in the 80s? I've the list of movies I've never seen is so shockingly long. Really? I'm just never horribly deficient in movie watching. I mean, you know, both of them have you know are problematic in many ways. You think? <laughs> I mean, so yeah. I'm we just guessing some of the things that might have been included in both films. Yeah. Anyway, risky business. But you know, everyone's making a big deal to drive-ins. Like, all, like all of a sudden, people are waking up and going, "Oh my gosh, we went to the drive-in!" Like it was like this new invention. Meanwhile. Right. Been doing this forever. Yeah, so, you're all proprietary about it. I got, I own it. You're like, yeah. you know, all the YouTube fans that were mad when they got popular. <laughs> right. Sorry, I dragged you to the drive-in for the first time, didn't I? Yeah, and I fell asleep. I know. Sorry. Okay. All right. Did you fall asleep during the uh, Steeler game yesterday? No, I did not. Thank you. But you T-voted. I did. I watched it later. Yeah. How much later? Uh, I started at six. See, because I want to text you, but I, and I can't yeah, say anything. Yeah, but you can't. So I just bother not Mm-mm. to. Thank you for not texting me yeah. because what a great, I mean, I say it's a great game now that it's over and we won because in the middle of the second quarter, I was hating my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so the Steelers are now officially 3-0, first time in more than a decade, apparently. I like it. Here's the uh, the flip side of that silver lining. All three opponents are currently 0-9. and nine. Oh, God. So the Steelers, <laughs> they've been playing a bunch of schmoes. Oh, that's really sad. Right? So not to say that they don't look good, because you know what? Ben looks pretty darn good out there, doesn't he? Well, I mean... He did when he threw that unbelievable pass yeah. to the who's oh who's the tight who's the tight end? Don't, don't ask me. I love him. Uh so beautiful, wasn't Mike, it? it was like who's right the tight, what, why can't I think of his name? No, the other one. See, don't ask the big me. tall guy. Um oh that yeah. was such an epic touchdown. I what? Ellen. what? It was some I think it was Ellen or no, no, or no. look at you guys. You're running no. down this whole misidentifying. No. I can't believe I anyway, can't think that of his guy. name. We all know it the catch. was awesome. But that but he he didn't look good before that. He didn't look well. Some balls were thrown behind, which is I mean, listen to me. How I'm saying he doesn't look good. Like I could do anything. Like I Ben, I want you to do well. I'm not trying to criticize Eric you. Ebron. Eric Ebron. 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 He is a stud. Yeah, fabulous. Wow, he was awesome in yesterday's <laughs> game. I'm a huge fan. I'm yeah. a huge fan. Anyway, they look they look good, man. It's kind of fun to sit there and watch a game. That's I all. thought it was. I mean, by the end, I love and you know James Conner. Aren't you happy for him? I am. Hundred plus yards. Yeah. Mike Hilton wasn't yeah. he killing it? Now, to be honest, I, I gotta be it. honest. I'm looking forward to some baseball, some playoff baseball. Yeah. I really am. I think it's weird that there's nobody in the stands. I don't care. I'm, I'm looking forward a to little. it. Pirates finished with the worst record in major league the yesterday. Ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.